0: welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, the official podcast of Ingenious Prep and your go-to resource for expert admissions strategy. My name is Noelle and each episode I'll bring you behind-the-scenes knowledge from former admissions officers about their first-hand experiences reviewing applications. Our strategies have helped countless students gain acceptance to top universities and we're here to help your student gain that competitive edge and do the same. If you would like to set up a complimentary strategy call, simply follow the link in our episode description, and our expert team of enrollment counselors will work with you to create a personalized plan for admission into your student's dream school. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for another exciting episode. Today, I spoke with Catherine, who is the Director of Undergraduate Services at Ingenious Prep, about all the different ways you can stand out when highlighting music in college applications. She shared so many helpful tips on how you can position your musical talent to really amplify your applications like this one. Combination and coherence is really important. Look at the different angles
1: of their profile and then just shift every one of their activities just a little bit so that it sort of tells more of the same story. Here's another. There are a lot of students who have significant talent, but maybe are not at like the very, very top. And they think, oh, I should just submit a portfolio because, you know, colleges want to see every single part of me.
0: That's not really true. And we didn't forget about those of you that actually want to pursue music at college. We discuss different schools, programs, and ways to prepare for the different music majors as well. So lots to cover today in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hi, Catherine. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks so much, Noel. I know you've been a guest on our podcast before, but for our new listeners who may not be as familiar, can you share a little about yourself and your background? Of course. My name is Katherine Sharer. I'm the director of undergraduate services at
1: InGenius, And my background is really applicable to this particular podcast. My undergraduate degree was actually in voice and opera as well as music education. I did a double major at Northwestern and the Dean School of Music there. Northwestern is one of the only places where you can actually do a double major in music education and the voice and opera or a performance major, which is part of the reason that I really wanted to go there. When I was in my undergraduate, I was trying to decide between performance and education. I never saw education as sort of a backup plan. And by the time I got to my senior year, I did student teaching and I said, this is the thing for me. I absolutely love this. There's no way that I can turn around. So I ended up teaching high school choir for about six years before getting a graduate degree at the Harvard Graduate School of Education in school leadership. That's what brought me to Ingenious, which has been a really great way for me to learn about other students in many, many different areas. I work with a whole host of students from students interested in pre-med, to students interested in business, to students interested in computer science. But a lot of them do have musical talent or are working on music. So that'll be really fun to talk about that today.
0: Perfect. I'm personally so excited for this episode. Just for a little bit of context here, I actually studied violin at the Juilliard Pre-College from a very young age. And I decided at the end, the conservatory route really was not for me. And I ended up applying and getting accepted into Northwestern for their dual degree program between violin and psychology. So I'm really, really excited and looking forward to diving into all things music and college applications. So to start, for students applying to college as a non-music major, what is the best way for them to highlight music in their college applications?
1: Combination and coherence is really important. Try and connect your musical interests to the things that you're doing outside of music. So if you're thinking about applying as a business major but you do have a strong music background, then you want to think about how can you integrate music into your business interest? Is that about trying to figure out what arts administration might be? You know, being someone who would be the director of an orchestra. When I say the director of an orchestra, I mean somebody who is actually organizing ticket sales and figuring out how to market the orchestra, that side of things. So you might be able to see if you can get an internship there. As an example, when I was in college, actually, I interned in the education department of the opera in my hometown. So I was understanding a little bit of that business back end. What does it actually look like to run an opera company? One thing that I like to do frequently with students is try and look at the different angles of their profile, like just sort of list out all of the things that they're doing try and find some way that is going to connect them and then just shift every one of their activities just a little bit so that it sort of tells more of the same story. So an example of that might be if a student is interested in, say, pre-med and they also do a lot of music, you could go and see if there is like a memory care center that is looking for music therapy help. And that is something that just shifts your profile just a little bit to be able to accentuate a more cohesive story.
0: I love that you mentioned volunteering at a memory care center for music therapy to kind of marry the pre-med interests with music. What are some other ways that students can approach volunteering and community involvement to create a really cohesive college application? One of the things that I think is really
1: helpful about community involvement as you're working on your overall profile is trying to align it with your other interests. As much as possible, I don't want students to have academic research in one area and then practice music in one area and then have community involvement at a soup kitchen that has sort of nothing to do with those other two interests. You want to try and figure out ways to have those all sort of align and be in the same goal. So again, for that like music business student, potentially the way that they're demonstrating collaboration and community involvement is doing album recordings with their local elderly population. And so they're trying to engage people in music creation and actually marketing that album and trying to sell. And so that sort of community involvement, music and business all in one. That's kind of the ideal. Other types of things that students do for community involvement in music is teaching, right? A lot of students do individual lessons. I will say that this is relatively common. So, you know, there are a lot of students I see who are very involved cellists. And yes, they are teaching a couple of students cello on this side. If there are ways for you to do that that are not the most common, that's even better. Maybe you can think intergenerationally. Most students generally are trying to teach younger kids. What if you try and work with an elderly population or even more of like a a middle-aged population? Those things will help you sort of stand out from the more common community involvement experiences. A lot of people perform in nursing homes, right? That's the other side of the spectrum. See if there are other places in your community where you might be able to perform so that you're not doing sort of the most typical things. I will say that leadership within an ensemble setting is something that can be really powerful as well. My own personal experience is that when I was a senior in high school, I actually started and led um, a children's choir. So that was a really great way for me to sort of give back and also really demonstrate leadership as well as my interest in music and music education.
0: You just mentioned leadership, and I know leadership and collaboration skills are huge in music. Can you speak more about how students can highlight those skills within the context of music in college applications? Generally speaking, music is so, so
1: wonderful for just demonstrating those types of skills at a baseline. In almost every situation, students are in some sort of an ensemble or are pursuing music in a group context. Obviously, pianists have a little bit of a disadvantage there because they are generally practicing things mostly solo. I will tell an embarrassing anecdote on myself, which is that when I was in high school, I went to piano camp over the summer. And people always say, well, what is piano camp? And yes, it was a lot of pianists in practice rooms practicing a lot of the time, but they did actually make us do a steel drum ensemble because they wanted us to be able to have the experience of working in a team and doing music as a group. So I think that if you are trying to highlight collaboration in your application, talking about things like your participation in your high school ensemble, maybe an all-state or regional ensemble, If you are more of a popular musician, talk about what it was like to form your band. How did you manage different personalities? Those types of things can be highlighted very easily. And I think admissions officers are really attuned to the fact that, you know, music is a collaborative art.
0: And what are some other ways that students can demonstrate this collaboration or just get more unique music experience in general? One thing that could be interesting is actually trying to go and play on a
1: street corner and see if people are interested in listening to you, right? That's a good way to really get yourself out there and not do something that everybody else is doing. When I was teaching high school choir, we actually got a gig performing at a local amusement park. And that was a really fun thing to do. You can perform anywhere, right? That's not something that's hard to do. So think, where is there a place where there isn't music? And I would like to be there. There are a lot of hospitals that are looking for pianists to perform in like a lobby or something like that. So that might be
0: another place where you can look. The great thing about performance is that it really can happen in pretty much any setting. Perfect. I'd love to speak more about your experience working with students on developing their college applications. Can you share some success stories of students who have effectively highlighted their musical talent in college applications and how it impacted their admissions outcomes? The first one that I will
1: start with was a student who actually had an interest in pre-med, but was also a very talented vocalist and did a lot of singing, had a lot of professional experience with singing. She had uh, an experience, unfortunately, with vocal injury. Her vocal cords had been damaged as a result of overuse. She ended up seeing an ENT about this and learning a little bit more about vocal health. So again, she was pre-med and she had this significant musical talent and she ended up really leaning into that intersection and thinking about what it would be like to be an ENT who focused on vocal health and learning about vocal disorders and disseminating that type of information. So she ended up creating a nonprofit specifically about learning about vocal health, how to prevent vocal injuries, how to treat them once they were there. She invited a lot of professionals to be guests on webinars for her nonprofit. And that was a really wonderful way of sort of uniting two interests in a very compelling way. So she was applying to be a biology major as a pre-med student, but she was really able to show how her significant musical background united in one unique interest. So I think that's an excellent example for a lot of students who have something that they want to do academically outside of music, plus the musical talent. Um, A second example was a student who applied actually as a music business intersection. So he was somebody who did a lot of hip hop and had developed a music label. Actually, he integrated a lot of students from his school, did a lot of album recordings. They had a music festival. So he was able to show that he was really, really interested in that intersection of music and business, not a classical musician at all in this case but he was able to do both things. He applied as an economics major and actually he was accepted at Northwestern with that sort of music angle within the field of economics. And then one final example I will give was a student who did want to apply in that very written side of music in music college. And that student did music research, wrote several academic papers on tempos and various types of time signatures and how they are expressed in different folk songs. So she was actually really leaning into that written side of things. She also had some developed music theory competence as well. So that student sort of went a different route. She was an interesting one where written music was very, very strong for her, but she wasn't actually that talented of a performer. I evaluated her portfolio and I recommended that she did not submit it because I did not think that she was a strong enough performer. So She was able to get into a very strong Bachelor of Arts program in music, even without submitting that portfolio. I think that speaks even more strongly to the fact that those academic study of music at a a liberal arts college or at a liberal arts section of a university is really about written music. They do not care nearly as much about the performance side of things. I
0: love these examples of how students were able to develop these special projects. I know we have a ton of parents who always ask us how their students can gain that experience, especially because research really isn't something that they can get in high school. So I'd love to tell all of you listening about the academic mentorship program that we've developed at Ingenious Prep, specifically to help students pursue and develop their field of interest with a top scholar or university professor from Harvard, Columbia, Yale, Georgetown, and more. So let's say your student is interested in STEM, for example. We have a program called AI and Cloud Technology with an NYU professor that's really popular among students. We also have a program called Brains and Machines, the Neuroscience of AI with a Brown University professor for students looking for that intersection between pre-med and technology. There's also Understanding the History of Film with a Stanford professor. So really, there's a program for every interest out there, whether it's business, humanities, social sciences, medicine, or STEM. So once your student is enrolled in the program, they would work with the professor to develop a research paper or portfolio. And a lot of our students have actually submitted the papers they've worked on and gotten published in impressive journals that ultimately helped them stand out from other applicants. And on top of that, a huge plus is after working with these esteemed professors, your student could potentially also earn a letter of recommendation from that professor, further giving them that competitive edge. So if your student is looking for that extra boost to improve their college admissions profile and results, definitely look into our academic mentorship program. And if you would like to learn more about the program, you can click the link in our episode description to schedule a free consultation call with one of our enrollment counselors and get your student involved in one of the 30 plus academic mentorship programs starting this fall. Now, going back to one of your three examples, you mentioned a student that actually benefited from not submitting a supplemental portfolio. Can you speak more about when a student should consider including or not including a supplemental portfolio with their college applications? So there are a lot of students who want to submit a supplemental portfolio
1: in whatever their music study is. So say you're interested in studying computer science, but you have a really strong background as a a trumpet player and you want to submit a portfolio because you want the colleges to know that you do have significant skill. I see a lot of students who are in this type of bucket who say, oh, okay, I'll just go record myself, play the trumpet a little bit, and then I'll just submit that. That's not the level of professionalism that these colleges are really looking for. And it's not going to give you a a leg up just to sort of add more things that aren't really high quality in your application. So what you want to make sure that you do if you're submitting that supplemental portfolio is have a professional recording session. Make sure that you have an appropriate accompanist. Dress really professionally. I've seen some students who are wearing a suit and they look great, but they've got white socks. Don't do that. Make sure that you have professional attire all the way through. Make sure, again, that it's, it's a professional level of recording so that you have really high-quality audio And make sure your lighting is good. You're in a professional setting with an appropriate background. I think that's one of the things that I see like primarily as sort of a pitfall in terms of submitting that portfolio. Additionally, you know, there are a lot of students who have significant talent, but maybe are not at like the very, very top. And they think, oh, I should just submit a portfolio because, you know, colleges wanna see every single part of me. That's not really true. If it's not something that's going to really demonstrate a significant strength or something that's quite impressive, It doesn't really add anything to you and it just makes their life a little bit harder because they're reading more parts or have more to review for your application. The last thing that you want is an admissions officer to be annoyed that they have more work to do reading or reviewing your application than somebody else. So really talk with your private music teacher about if submitting a supplemental portfolio is the right choice for you because I think that that's something that colleges are getting a lot of these days and you don't want to be that person again who's making any type of like
0: minor annoyance. And do you think students should reach out to their private instructors for a letter recommendation? Generally speaking, I don't think that that
1: is useful. If you are applying in a performance degree, then that can be helpful. But if it's just one part of your application, Your music teacher is likely not going to be adding very much to your application other than like this person is a good performer, which they're probably going to get from either your supplemental portfolio or from your activities list that's going to show that. The letters of recommendation, contrary to a lot of popular belief, are really intended to demonstrate how a student participates in a classroom setting. So your music teacher likely isn't going to be able to explain that very much. If you're adding a supplemental letter, you're adding more to that admissions reviewer and how much work they have to do and if they're going to be able to go to bed at 930 that night or if they're going to be able to go to bed later, right? So you want to make sure that every piece of your application really adds something unique. If it's not going to add something unique or if it's not going to speak very strongly to your participation in a classroom setting, then I don't think it's generally useful.
0: Perfect. I'd love to now discuss some special cases. Let's say a student has a lot of music within their resume, but maybe at the last minute, they decided they don't necessarily want to apply as a music major. What should they do here? You may need to sort of pivot a little bit and talk about music in a forward-thinking way
1: about how music actually is informing your interest in other subjects. I actually worked with a student um, several years ago who had a really unique story. She had gone to a conservatory high school and was intending to go to a conservatory for college. And she had gone through the whole process and actually had been accepted and then realized at the sort of last minute that she wanted to switch gears, take a gap year and apply completely differently. So in her instance, what we did was help her write personal statement about that shift. And so she wrote her personal statement about a performance that she had And an interaction, she actually was able to visit Poland and see Chopin's home. And in that moment, she realized that there were so many other things that she wanted to learn about and that she felt very, very narrow within music. So she was able to actually use that essay to lean into the change and the shift from music to other things. And I think you need to be very explicit about that. If your whole activities list is music, but you're applying as an English major, you have to make a case for that. And so your essays need to really, really sort of substantiate why that shift is happening.
0: And while we're on the topic of essays, are there any cliches or topics that students should avoid writing about?
1: Performance-related essays tend to be pretty cliche. So I don't generally recommend students do that. I was on stage at Carnegie Hall and here is what was happening to me. I think that that can be a little bit overdone. So I do not recommend that students do that type of thing. I will also say that like, In general, if you have any musical interests that are not piano or violin, lean into those. If you have dabbled in ukulele or if you have learned the bagpipes, those are the types of things that will sort of help you stand out in an admissions context. And I think that in essays, maybe you write sort of a supplemental essay about how you learned to play the mandolin, right? And that's something that would show sort of a quirk and be able to help you leverage your musical skill in a way that's
0: going to be interesting and unique to colleges. Perfect. And this is a question we've actually gotten quite frequently. And I'm curious to see what your response would be here. But for a school like Yale, for example, where there really isn't a performance degree for undergrad, is it strategic for a student to first apply as a music major and then switch once they've been admitted? Yale is a really interesting place because they have a school of music. At the
1: graduate level, but they do not have an undergraduate school of music. So they do have one very, very competitive program where you can apply directly for a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Music, sort of directly at the undergraduate level. But that's really, really, really specific. And they are not accepting a lot of students. That's not like a a good choice to make. So I don't think that there are many students. And I'm going to use Yale as a really good example here. If there's not a performance major as an undergrad, there are relatively few students who actually have the background to apply for that very academic music major. There are a lot of students who have musical talent and are interested in and might qualify for a music performance degree But a place like Yale that does have exclusively a Bachelor of Arts in music at the undergraduate level, they're looking for students who are interested in musicology or music history, um, music theory. And so I don't generally see a lot of students who really have that as their primary focus, in which case it's probably not the best strategic idea to try and apply for that. And so... I don't normally recommend that at a place like Yale. But if you do have that background, if you are somebody who has done a lot of research in music history or something like that, lean into your strengths. I think that's the most important thing. You want to look at your background and say, what is going to make the most compelling case in terms of the major that I'm going to be doing? What have I done that does highlight all of my strengths? And how can I choose my major based on the most impressive or the most
0: compelling things that I have done? And before we move on to the different ways to actually study music as a music major, do you have any final tips here when it comes to standing out in college applications through a student's musical talent? You've got to find ways to make it more unique and to
1: try and figure out ways for it to unite with other interests that you have. So it's not enough to sort of say, I've performed in all these places, I have won all of these competitions. That in itself is not going to get you in, especially as a non-music major, right? You've got to make sure that you are connecting it to the other things that you do, just be aware that it's something that a lot of students do. I know that there are a lot of music kids out there who maybe are like the big fish in their high school in terms of music accomplishment. And it's really helpful to get a sense of how you might compare outside of your high school so that you have a, a better sense of that.
0: Now moving on to actually pursuing music. What do you think is the key difference between applying to a conservatory and applying as a music major in college? That's actually more, I think, a
1: personal choice. The curriculum that you're going to have in a music school located within a larger university, such as a place like Northwestern, and what you're going to be doing at a conservatory is relatively similar. I like to tell people that I was at a college at Northwestern and my entire time at Northwestern, I only took three classes outside of the music school. At Northwestern, taking four credits per quarter is considered a full load. There were many, many quarters at Northwestern where I was taking five, five and a half or six credits because I needed to be taking that many in order to be able to graduate. So the reason I, I bring this all up is that it is a very rigorous education and there is a lot of music preparation that you'll be doing either in a music school within a larger university or within a conservatory. That said, there are people who want to have a college environment, and so they want to be able to take a couple of non-music classes. If you're in a conservatory environment, those non-music classes will not exist at all in most situations. And so if you are somebody who thinks that you want to do music, but maybe you have in the back of your mind that you might want to be an English major at some point, then doing something like a music school within a larger university might be a good choice for you the distinction between those is really just students' personal preference. The preparation you'll be getting in a music school, getting a bachelor of music is going to be very similar to what you're getting at a conservatory.
0: And when it comes to studying music at these various colleges, can we talk more specifically about all the different ways that students can study music at most colleges? If there is not a school of music within that college,
1: then you would be studying music at the Bachelor of Arts within a school of arts and sciences or within the liberal arts part of the university. And there are a lot of places where this is the case. Some examples of that are like Cornell or Dartmouth, UC Berkeley, UNC, a lot of places that do not actually have a specific school of music and do not offer a Bachelor of Music degree. So at those schools, what you would be studying as a music major is really like the written part of music be studying, again, that music history, music theory, taking classes where there isn't a piano in the room is, is a good way of thinking about it, right? You would not actually, in most cases, be having like your primary experience with a private voice teacher, or any type of music teacher, I should say. And that's the way that music is expressed as a Bachelor of Arts at many, many, many colleges. Yale is one of those at the undergraduate level. At other universities, Northwestern being one of them, if there is a school of music and a bachelor of music degree offered, then in that case, studying music is actually about that performance core study. And so one of the most important things you'll be doing is studying with a private voice teacher or again, any other type of music teacher. And the audition for those universities is going to be one of the most important parts of your application and your acceptance. Knowing that those are sort of the two primary types of universities and like settings in which you would be studying music, if you're somebody who is like all performance, then you're actually not showing strengths for a written study of music at a place like Yale. You would be showing strengths for potentially doing an audition for one of those Bachelor of Music programs.
0: Perfect. And for students applying as a performance major, what are some specific strategies or your best recommendations here in terms of preparation? The audition and your actual musical preparation is the
1: most important thing that you can be doing. So all sorts of extracurriculars and things like that really should all be music. Students should be spending many hours a day practicing. They should be really focusing on finding the very best music teacher for their primary instrument that they possibly can find. If you are really serious about this, many students who are instrumentalists will have been taking lessons from a very, very young age. For the vocalists, sometimes you don't really understand if you have musical talent until you are in high school and your voice is developing a little bit more. So it's that time when you want to check out, you know, local colleges and universities and see if there are any professors or graduate students who might be interested in taking some students. You want to make sure that you are getting a, a really well-researched type of musical education um, when you're in high school. So You know, just going down the street to sort of the local music teacher may not be the best route if this is something you're really, really serious about. You want to make sure you have the best music teacher you possibly can. You also want to make sure that you have some music theory preparation and are really getting sort of the basics of music down. I highly recommend that students try and take some piano. Keyboard skills are going to be important for pretty much every type of instrument and especially vocalists. So that's something that you can do for sure people need to know that in those performance majors, the audition is going to be incredibly important in your actual acceptance to the college. So doing everything you can to prepare your technical skills and really work on advanced repertoire is what you should be doing to prepare for a music performance major.
0: And are there specific programs or summer camps that you would recommend that would really stand out in college applications? I would say that the Interlochen programs are some of the top tier in terms of music performance. They also have some music
1: composition and some other offerings. If you are really, really serious about music performance and potentially are interested in going away from home, Interlochen is also a high school for performing arts. And so you can actually just go there at like a boarding school option. But their summer programs are really excellent. They are sort of known as like the gold standard in terms of summer programs in admissions offices. So going to Interlochen is a really great place. Some other options for summer programs are the BU Tanglewood programs, which is more of like a music festival environment. The Brevard music program in North Carolina is also a great one. Those are, again, much more performance oriented. Two other ones that I'll mention are the NYU Steinhardt School of Music programs, which involve a little bit more like an academic angle. Also have a couple of options for more like recorded music. If you're interested in potentially in popular music, that might be a good fit for you. And then similarly, the Berklee School of Music has a lot more options for students interested in music recording, business of music, and also more popular music genres.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Catherine, for sharing your insight and expertise on all things music and college applications. I do have just one final question here before we end. If you could give one key piece of advice to parents or students, and this can be anything college admissions, what would it be? I would say make sure
1: that you're on the same page as a family. It's so important for parents and students to have open conversations about their priorities in the college application process. I just see a lot of students where, you know, the stress of this process makes a lot of tension within their families. And the earlier you can kind of have a conversation about what that looks like early on can be really helpful. I'll just end with one. Quick anecdote from myself, which is, I think it was a summer after my sophomore year. I remember sitting in a restaurant with my parents, and we sat there and we said, "You know what? I'm going to go for music, and I'm going to really, really go hard and take my music lessons as seriously as possible. I'm going to apply at the music performance major." And we sat down and we made that decision in one conversation, and the rest is history. But it was a really meaningful time. And I think having my parents support through that process was also incredibly helpful.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you would like to speak with one of our experts, you can set up a complimentary strategy call with one of our enrollment counselors by following the link in our episode description. And for more information and access to additional resources, you can register for our webinars, which is also linked in the episode description. If you have any questions or would like to request a topic for a future episode, you can email me directly at noel.kim at Thank you for listening to another episode of Inside the Admissions Office, and don't forget to follow the podcast so you're notified every time a new episode is available. That's all for now, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the Admissions Office.